Welcome to the Who's Eat Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be returning to a long overdue return, I should say, to our Series 3 retrospective. And this time, if you can remember, uh, we're now going to look at Utopia. So, yes. Yes, yes. It's a long time since we've come back to this one. So, yes, yeah. yeah, I've forgotten how long ago the last retrospective episode was now. Can you think? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a few quite a few some, months ago yeah it must yeah. be well it feels like that anyway yeah uh, but anyway so um first up uh, as usual the news uh now before we get into the news proper we've got some news about the this podcast haven't we yes yes now we've been having a bit of a a bit of a discussion and because of sort of other sort of commitments and and, and so forth and plus the fact there's not a lot of news and a lot of just not a lot of anything happening in the world of Doctor Who at the moment. Uh, we sort of decided on a new schedule for the show. So what we're going to be doing is going to be working in sort of like a three-week cycle, and then so we put out an episode for three weeks. Then we have a break. So like the goodies, like the goodies. Yes, yeah, so th- <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to put out a, a tandem of episodes. <laughs> I've got a trend of episodes, and then we have a break for a week. And then we come back again because it seems like we we, we seem to be going in a three week cycle of uh, book reviews, big finish, and retrospective. That's how it's basically going to plan out. Yeah, and the odd commentary, odd commentary in. thrown in. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing from now on. So it'll be three weeks and then a break. So it's roughly going to get three episodes a month now. Yeah, whilst we have a have a bit of a break in between, um, just to sort of do other things. <laughs> By popular really. demand, we're cutting our output. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Now it just basically just down to the fact that um, it takes a lot of time to a for us two to get together and record. Uh, then also it's all the editing and getting everything together. And I think you know it, we just need to have a bit of a um, a bit of a break in between. Yes. And again, so that's um, that's how we're going to be doing it from um, from here on in. So um, so really, you're getting this episode this week. Then next week we're having a break. Yes. <laughs> So hooray! Hooray! So we, yeah, that, that was the listeners saying that. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll explain what's happening after that at the end of this episode. So first, let's get onto the news proper. And well, we're going to kick off with some sad news. First is unfortunately this week, Roger Lloyd Pack uh, passed away at the age of sixty-nine. Uh, a bit of a shock, I've got to be honest. Yes, a bit of I've... a shock. And the fact, actually, that I hadn't realised he was 69. No, me neither. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, and you should remember, really, Roger Lipak played John Lumick in Rise of the Cybermen and The Age of Steel. But, I mean, I think to most people in the UK, he's really most famous for uh, for being Trigger in Only Fools and Horses. So, um, yeah, it, very, very sudden. Um, obviously, sudden to us anyway, because yeah. uh, I hadn't known he was ill at all. I hadn't known he was ill. Um so yeah, very very sad, and as, as usual in these sort of situations, we wish, wish his family, um, you know, all the best at this very very sad time. Yes, indeed. So anyway, let's get on to some more, um, so some more happier news, shall we? Um, now, first up, Doctor Who has topped the iPlayer figures for 2013. So it means it's topped the chart with 3.2 million people accessing um, Day of the Doctor at some point. So that is. Um, which which you would expect, I suppose, from the uh, the fiftieth anniversary. 
Yeah, I mean, the hype to it was such, wasn't it? It was indeed. It was and you'd indeed. also have got all the people that actually went to see it in the cinema would then watching it on iPlayer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I keep forgetting about that. Actually, this one, I must admit, when we did our review of Day of the Doctor, um, I think we completely forgot to mention it. I think we mentioned it when we went and saw it at the cinema. We didn't actually talk about the cinema experience, did we? Um... We didn't sort of talk no. about because um, this is we saw it a few days after the, the the premiere on television, and obviously by in between that time, but those people watched it on iPlayer. But there were still quite a few people at the cinema had gone to see it, and still people clapping and cheering when Tom Baker and Peter Capaldi showed up. Yeah, um, and it was it was a good viewing experience. So I can imagine people watching that at the cinema on the day and then rushing home to watch it again on iPlayer. Yeah, which is probably what we'd have done had we yeah, I think done we, it the other yeah, way around. Yeah, I think we would have done, definitely. So um, so I think, is, is it this year, starting from March, that the iPlayer figures are going to be consolidated into the overall viewing figures, aren't they? It's not going to be separate anymore. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> I think I think that's what's happening this year. I mean, if anyone can um, quote me, sort of, I mean, obviously don't quote me, if anyone can correct me or, or confirm that, please. You know. There's no point quoting him. He doesn't know. No, don't it's quote me. True. Don't quote me. I've had a lot. I've spoken a lot of bollocks in my life. But <laughs> by the way, Paul's not. He's still. He's close to. Paul's close to dying. We're not as close as he was last week. You can't strike that cough, can you? I'm nearly there. But... <laughs> oh, that was a deathly pause, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Also, this week. Um, now, actually, there's one news item I haven't got in front of me, but there were some other on-set fan photos released onto uh, various uh, news outlets, uh, which we post onto the Facebook. And this week it was of Peter Capaldi on set. And this time not in the Tenth Doctor's outfit. No. Looks like it just got up, didn't it? It did. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm loath to sort of talk about it because it could you might construe this as spoilers. So, um, should we err on yeah. the side of caution and say nothing? Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, so, if you haven't seen them, I mean, and if you, and you want to, you're not worried about the spoilers. I mean... Um, Head head on over to our Facebook group and find find the uh, find the link on there. Uh, but um, yeah, it's um, interesting. Put it that yeah, way. You, you get the feeling it's it's a temporary. Yes, it is. In the same way as Tennant, if you'd have looked at Tennant's first filming stuff, would have been him in pajamas and a dressing gown. Yeah, it's a similar sort of vibe, isn't it? I suspect it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. that sort of thing. But we shall say no more. We shall say no more on that. Now, um, now, obviously, uh, coming up very, very shortly is the release of the Moonbase on DVD. And this week, a little short animation clip uh, was released. And uh, have you watched it, Paul? I have, yes. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I thought you say that I've actually watched it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite pleased with myself as well, to be honest. <laughs> I can't believe you've actually watched it. <laughs> I'd be amazed if Tony has. <laughs> no, there's absolutely no bloody way he would have watched it. Absolutely not. Oh. Um, yeah, so obviously this is released on January the 20th, uh, the, uh, um, which will be... Oh, tomorrow, actually. How about that? Yeah. Oh, yesterday, depending on when, when you, you listen to it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very much impressed with the animation on this. It does look rather good. Um, and it does seem to be... Because I must have... I haven't bought or got round to buying anything like... Uh, uh, oh god, what's that French Revolution one? I've forgotten the name of it. I do this every week. I forget an episode title. Yeah. Reign, of, Reign of Terror. There we go. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't seen what the animation's like on Reign of Terror yet, and 
but I'm only sort of comparing this to what you've, we've had so far and say like the invasion. Yeah. And it's a big improvement, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's different. Yeah. Let's say that. So, I mean, how it goes over a whole two episodes, I'm interested. But, I'm, I'm, yeah, very much interested to see it. Yeah, same here. Same here, mate. Absolutely. So, um, I'm really looking forward to this one. So, anyway, next thing in the news. Now, um, another another thing. I'm, I'm, it's another Doctor Who game that's not one that we've actually covered um, on this podcast. Because um, those sort of long-term listeners will know that I've done a couple of gaming reviews um, on uh, sort of various Doctor Who games and well, Worlds in Time which we, we didn't really sort of talk about that much did we? No because uh, neither of us have neither of us have played it, played it. Uh, you definitely wouldn't play it would you and I, I, I just never ever it didn't the look of it just didn't really appeal to me um, but basically it was it was uh, an online multiplayer uh, role playing game now basically um, it's going to be ceasing operation on the 28th of February this year uh, which I must admit is a little bit of a surprise. Now, obviously, I don't know if subscriptions have just sort of tailed off, or they just—it's not as successful as they thought it was going to be. I would presume that's the answer. Yeah, I've uh. no idea. Um, well, basically, they—they they, uh, I think it was BBC Worldwide who sort of like collaborate. Sega actually collaborated with BBC Worldwide on the production of the game after they acquired it from Three Rings Design. And basically, they sort of released their announcement saying, We are sorry to report that Doctor Who Worlds in Time will discontinue service. The game will no longer be accepting transactions from players. Existing players are welcome to use their earned in game currency over the next two months. Custom support and game maintenance will be available through the shutdown date. Yeah, it's just, just hmm. Doctor Who and games haven't really worked, have they? It really hasn't. As anyone who's listened to my game reviews will know. Yes. Uh, apart from. The the, the, last, the the recent one, they've, 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 which which is actually quite fun, repetitive but fun. Yeah, I've got to be honest, repetitive but fun. But um, yeah, a little surprise. I've got to be honest. I thought it sort of built up a bit of a cult following, so, but I'm, but there's not been any sort of whispers of it at all for quite some time now, is there? No, I mean there really hasn't. I mean considering that it's we've been through the 50th anniversary year, there's been very little publicity for it, has there? None at all. Absolutely none at all. So, so maybe it's not a shot. Maybe if any of our listeners out have actually played it, maybe they just sort of to drop us a line and uh, just sort of let us know what you what you actually thought of it as a, as a gaming experience. Mm. So um, we probably won't get any emails as usual, but it's worth a punt, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> now, um, next in the news. Now um, we've never sort of really talked about any other sort of releases of Doctor Who books, have we? No, but I think this what this this particular um, there's four books uh, coming up, uh, which I think are of I think will be of interest to people who wanted to know or complained I should say uh, about the years the Doctor spent on Trenzalore in the time of the Doctor. We didn't get to see what he did for all those hundreds of years. Well, uh, your questions are now answered uh, because there's there's a book series now called Tales of Trenzalore. Uh, it's a collection of four novellas, and it says it's set during the length of Doctor's centuries defending the planet Trenzalore. Uh, so, um, now what's interesting to me is the fact that they brought back some old villains. Now, have you, have you, have you, you know, you've got the link in front of you, haven't you, Paul? Yeah. Uh, now, there's one called Let It Snow by Justin Richards, and that one features the Ice Warriors. Okay, we just recently seen them in Cold War, but nice to see them brought back. Against it, you know, against the eleventh Doctor in book form. Yeah. The next one is a um, an apple a day uh, by George Mann that features the crinoid. Yeah. 
which is a, a nice welcome welcome return. Next one, Strangers in the Outland by Paul Finch, features the Autons. And then this one really did surprise me, actually. The Dreaming by Mark Morris features the Mara. Yes, I, I, that and the, the crinoid, you sort of think, well, how did they come on the, to the planet? Yeah, I, I'm... You can understand the Ice Warriors and the Autons turning up for the same reasons as everybody else did. Yeah. But really? Would the... But the crinoids and the Mara? Hmm, would, they, that... would they be drawn? Hmm, that's interesting. That is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm actually my, my interest actually peaked in, 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 with this one. Actually, yeah, just the how have I get that in? Yeah, as much yeah. As, as, as thinking, will it be a good story or not? Yeah. So um, now, now these are going to be released on the 27th of February. Um, and it's BBC Digital, and they're, they're in ebook format, basically. So you can um, download them from the BBC Digital website. Okay, yeah, so something to do when you're, if you're when you're no longer able to play online. Yes, indeed, <laughs> or, or or in the weeks where we haven't released a podcast, <laughs> you can read a book. There you are. Now, after last week's mega sale, no mega stack corner, we're going back again. You pester me with trinkets. You've come up with quite a, a, a large items of, of tat this week, haven't you? Well, it's, it's just three of them are probably interlinked. I think we can say. Yes, um, yes. If we're going to say that there has been already, there has been a teapot and there's been cups and there's been mugs. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've always felt a bit odd when the vicar comes round that I haven't been able <laughs> to have the, the sugar bowl and the milk jug as well. Well, now you can, Paul. Now you can because there's now a Doctor Who Tardis sugar bowl. Ray. Um, yeah, and it doesn't really sort of give too much detail. It's obviously available from Forbidden Planet. Yes. Forbidden Planet International, I should say. Now, this isn't actually released until Friday the 28th of February this year. Now, rather than sort of like giving the usual blurb about the design of the sugar bowl, it just sort of gives you a little potted history about Doctor Who instead. <laughs> yeah, it's as if they really, they, they've only seen a photo themselves, haven't they? They have no idea. How they're going to sell this at all. It's a sugar bowl. Yeah. Which you put sugar in. <laughs> That's it, really, isn't it? Um yeah, so as I said, that's available from Friday the 28th of uh, February, and that will cost you £14.99. Yes. Which does seem rather a lot for a sugar bowl. Well, I don't know if it completes your set. Oh, maybe. How, well, I'm interested in why the milk jug is, is, is only £9.99. Well, indeed, that is also available from Friday the 28th of February, and it's a Doctor Who Tardis milk jug. And again, there's no description, just a potted history of the show. Yes, so there you are. But, if you, but as you said, Paul, we've now got... Um, Sort of like cups, we've got a teapot, we've got a sugar bowl, and a milk jug. And you said the vicar's come round. Can you how can you bring all this to the vicar in one go? I mean, I mean, whether he's Mr. Magister or whether it's Nicholas Parsons, we're not quite sure. <laughs> well, um you can, Paul, because there's a Doctor Who TARDIS melamine tray. Ah, good. Yes, I mean, it, it saves you having to make those several journeys back to the kitchen, doesn't it? it well, indeed. You see, it's a time-saving device, which is also released on Friday the twenty-eighth uh, of February, and it is also priced fourteen pounds ninety-nine. So it's the same price as the sugar bowl. Yes. Hmm. I don't I actually don't know the price of trays. To be honest, is that expensive? Yeah, this is just the sort of wildlife we lived in. It, it is, isn't we it? Don't know the price of trays. <laughs> Paul, our listeners would be somewhere out of touch with with, uh, the, with, with the common yeah. man now, wouldn't they? But this is why we're having to cut back on the podcast because we've lost touch with reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. well, in addition to all the um, 
all this sort of lovely kitchenware that you can now get. And uh, we've got three other items attached as well. There's a, a Doctor Who TARDIS iPad cover. Um, again, which is released on Friday the 28th of February. There's a real bumper day of, of crap this day, isn't it? Um, that is £19.99. Um, and again, there's no blurb for it, just another potted history of the show. Uh, then coming up after that, we have... Now, which one should we do first? Should we do the cufflinks first? Do the cufflinks. Let's do yeah. the cufflinks. Um, we have Doctor Who Cyberman cufflinks in a gift box. Yes. Now, that's also due on Friday the 28th of February, uh, but that's already been reduced to £14.99. Yes. Hmm, save 17%, as it says here. Um, I was looking at something on Forbidden Planet... And I was giving all the like, discount prices. Mm-hmm. It was so and so reduced that, save twenty percent, save whatever seventeen percent. And there was one item, and it said it was ten pounds twenty. Now ten pounds twenty, save not percent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's really pushing it. <laughs> Buy me now. <laughs> well, I must admit this this link on Forbidden Planet for the uh, Sidemen cufflinks. Um, it's a little bit perplexing, really, because um, it's actually an animated GIF. The photograph on there, and it keeps alternating between Cyberman uh, cufflinks and Tardis cufflinks. Yes, you can get Tardis cufflinks as well. Is that, are they also released on Friday the twenty eighth of February? They are, and they're also reduced. I think to fourteen ninety nine. Yes. So cufflinks for every day of the week. There, I think you'll find. Well, two yes. days, Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> now, the last item of tat. Um, I, I think it's the one you've all been waiting for. It's the tenth Doctor, Mister Potato Head. Yeah, we've had we've had the Dalek. We've had the eleventh Doctor. Yeah, it had to be, didn't it? It did. Now this is all. This is released actually on Friday the thirtieth of May, not February. Friday the thirtieth of May, and this has been reduced from nineteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine. So save twenty percent, as it says here. It's got the usual jokes about galley fry again because it's a potato. Um, but then at the bottom it says a big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey mashed potato stuff. Now, they were really struggling to get a tagline there, weren't they? They were. (laughs) They were really struggling with that one. My God. (laughs) Oh, dear. But, um, yes, there you go. That that was, was, I think think you'll agree, a bumper edition of Omega's Tat Corner. It is. Plenty, something for everyone there. Yeah, as long as you want it at the end of February. (laughs) You've got to wait till the end of Feb, basically. Oh, well, so that's it for the news this week. Uh, so coming up very, very shortly is our review of Utopia. So for another week, then, that was the news. Right then, everybody, it's time to return once again to our Series 3 retrospective, which is taken out nearly over a year now, I think. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so this time we're going to be discussing Utopia. I never think all those years standing beside me to ask about that watch. Never. You do never once think, not ever, that you could set me free. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And you, with your chair and your dough driving me insane. That is not my name! The Professor was an invention. So perfect a disguise that I forgot who I am. Then who are you? I am 
right, I believe it's your turn to go first this week, Paul. Yes, I have to say, of going back for all this, is probably one of the episodes I've been looking forward to most. Mm, agreed, agreed. And just because you thought it was, you know, it was a brilliant episode, and still think that, but perhaps hadn't quite remembered it as it was, I think. Oh, right, how do you mean? How do you mean remembered it how it, how it was? I think we've, we've sort of had talking about Time of the Doctor and people saying, oh, but there was so much in that that was just going over old stuff and setting up the next lot of episodes and all this. Mm. And you think, that is what Utopia does. <laughs> totally. That is all Utopia does. It's of, I mean, yeah, the actual thing to about... To a certain extent, there is yeah. not a lot of story there. I mean, the whole thing about the future kind and... And and sort of cat and even like Jack as well, really. Yeah, uh, it's entirely inconsequential, isn't it? Really, it, it's well. It, I mean, if, the if, first if, first half of this story is explaining what has happened to Jack. Yeah, the second half of this story is setting up the next two episodes. <laughs> it is, however, it's a very very enjoyable way of doing it. I it mean, is. I mean, the actual thing, as I said about the future kind and all that, is very very slight. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, the main thing about this story is the interaction between the characters. And everybody does a good job. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, I, I think another third person does a good job is Graham Harper. Yes. Because what little action there is. Because he's obviously more known for his more sort of action-orientated stories that, he, yeah. he's, that he's given. This one isn't so much. Well, it, it's actually the fact that he keeps what is very much a dialogue-driven episode... Going at full pace. He does. Is the interesting thing of how do you manage to do that? Yeah, and I think that <laughs> just... he that, does. He does. It just it really shows off... I think this episode more than, say, like, probably the more obvious ones that, that he's done, as I said, the more action-orientated ones, I think this one really does sort of highlight what a fantastic director he is. Yeah. And whether this story might have become a little plodding, this episode might have become a different plodding in somebody else's hands. It could have done. Um, yeah, but it just no, you didn't. You just felt there was there was an urgency to it, but it was mainly dialogue. It was, <laughs> but it worked though. Yeah, it worked totally. You know, it's as uh, you know it, when I sort of sort of started watching it again um, for this for this review because I must admit it hadn't been that long since the last seen it. I think I caught the last like ten fifteen minutes on um, one of the cable channels. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, really, to be quite honest, that's all you really need to see because, as you say, that's what sets up the next three, uh, the next two episodes. Because this is like the first... I suppose you could say it's sort of like a three... It is a, I think it is now turned as a three-part story, isn't it? Yes. This whole master, uh, sort of, I suppose you could call it a trilogy. Yeah. But you only need to see the last 10 to 15 minutes to see, to see where, this, where this is going. For the set-up to the, to the uh, next two, yes. Yeah, that's it. And... But as we said, you know, it brings back Jack, and then it sort of introduced this whole future kind thing and Professor Yana, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the thing with Jack, and I think this is the thing that people picked up on, is this story made Jack Jack again, because this come off the back of the first series of Torchwood, where everyone said he wasn't really Captain Jack Harkness anymore. He was a different character to what he was in Doctor Who. He'd become a very serious, mm. moody. Yeah, and this Person. and this was a return to his original character to a certain degree, wasn't it? 
Well, I mean, it starts off and then it is just generally as they as he starts to bond again with the Doctor, mm. you see the old Jack coming out again, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I, I think for th- for that, really, this this episode should be applauded because I, I didn't like the version of Jack that particularly in in Torchwood. I I, I, thought, I liked the sort of like the the, the cocky, happy go lucky sort of conman side to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We could talk the you know the charm charm the apples out of the trees. You know that that sort of a character. Yeah, and mate, I think I think, that's, I think and I actually I actually quite like the fact that it isn't just straight back into oh it's the Doctor and Jack and aren't we all good friends again? I like the fact that it has you you see them feeling each well I don't want to say feeling each other that's not with Captain Jack. Aye aye. But you know, sort of getting working back to a a friendship from a point of view of yeah, really. I, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that it was sort of the TARDIS tried to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and the Doctor wanted to get away quickly as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was ever fully explained why he wanted to get away from him. Because um, he, he doesn't really have any sort of repercussions, does it, as such? No, only only on the fact that, as, as he says, he's an anomaly. He's an anomaly. I can't say it now. An anomaly. That's the one. <laughs> this, is, this is a lack of alcohol doing this to me. <laughs> um, and basically, he shouldn't be alive. He shouldn't be there. So I think the Doctor feels that perhaps he shouldn't be taking him round the world, around the worlds and the universe. Possibly not. It, yeah. It's probably better that he stays confined to one little place where he can't influence too much. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, once they, it was, they were sort of back together again, it didn't really... Yeah. It's, you sort of quickly... Forver- I would say because of the direction, you quickly forgot about that. And, and, and the know. conversation when, when he's in the room. Yeah. That, that bit is, is, an ex, is brilliant. I mean, between the two of them as well. Yeah. I mean, people mm. don't rate John Barrowman as an actor. And he can be a bit one-note sometimes. But I thought in this... That's just singing, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> He's sold several CDs. What are you <laughs> now, I th- I actually think he was actually really good in this. Yeah, I really, as, as you said, nobody was bad in this at all, were they? Yeah. And, and and yeah, and David Tennant was good as well. You could believe his yeah. doctor in this. Yeah, I mean, for once the the sort of shouty through gritted teeth thing fitted. Yeah, because he was he was. I wouldn't say he was angry when he found out that Yana had a, a fob watch. A time lord fop watch. I think it was more sort of panic, yeah, more than anything else, because it was completely unknown who this potential time lord could be, and, and he'd left him with his tardis, yeah, effectively, yeah. So he didn't know what the hell was going to go on, and it was the whole panic when when um, Yana, who's now the master, started shutting all the locking all the doors, yeah. So the doctor couldn't get back, and he opens the the front gate to let the the, the future kind in. Yeah, it, it was panic. Really, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the um, self-important, righteous shouting, was it? That's no, I later. mean, I think you know, you know that the Doctor's always going to get out of it, yeah, somehow. But I think the end of this episode, when the future kind of charging through, um, through the base, and they're trying to open up all the doors, and basically everybody's panicking by now. And I think to me that it was really the first time you actually did think that the Doctor really was in some kind of peril. Yeah, because now you know it's the master as well, 
Um, so yeah, I think it, it probably sort of that in that respect. I think to me anyway, it worked. That that sort of thing really worked. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it was a good ending to it. Yeah. But as I say, like the okay, the future kind was a bit of a weak villain. But then again, it didn't really play. I say, I suppose it did play a bit of a role in it, but um, not. It wasn't sort of really. They was there for someone to fight a bit, fight yeah. against until. Yeah, I'm just trying you to realise that yeah, he's try- the master. Yeah, I'm just sort of trying to think of the right, the right word. They were just sort of like a more like a plot device than a than an actual villain, weren't they? Yeah, you know, it's sort of like it goes something to sort of like you know run away from at the end. They were yeah. also running to you know towards the master, but also running away from something at the same time, which I think was um, you know unique in that in that respect. But um, yeah, but I think it's um, I think it looked. You know, it looked good. I think that what what they showed of the sort of ancient civilization, uh, that sort of like like a, like an ant's nest sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, quite. That looks really, you know, really nice. I like that. Um, also, just just to give it that bit extra than the quarry they was in. Really, yeah. Wasn't it? Now, was was this the first time they actually filmed in a quarry since the series came back? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. I know. Um, so I sort of watched the commentary this with Russell T Davis and David Tennant and he was saying about how he really didn't want to do a quarry oh right okay Russell T Davis that was yeah but felt there really wasn't any other way no no he said until until the technology comes along that they can do CGI effects to create planets around them without having to go to a quarry this was going to have to be what was going to have to be done oh right okay okay actually the other thing that made me laugh on the if you, if anyone's listened to the commentary, hmm. is the fact that right at the beginning you see obviously Captain Jack jumping on and holding on to the TARDIS. Yeah, and then you just get that little caption of the future kind, don't you? Yeah. Before it then goes to the credits. Yeah. And Russell T Davies said we had to put the future kind in there. And he goes because otherwise, when it went to the credits and you see the TARDIS going through the vortex, you'd be expecting Captain Jack to be hanging on. <laughs> yes, he's going. He going. When will we release this in ten years' time? He goes. We might have the technology to be able to paint him in there. <laughs> actually, that. Do you know if they'd have gone into the credits with that, they would look really good. Yeah, that's actually one other thing as well that I'd um, I'd only noticed when I was watching it again is when the Doctor meets uh, Professor Yana. You get a little few bars played of "This Is Gallifrey." Right. I, 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 I'd never noticed that before until until I watched it again for, to, for this review. And it it crops up quite a few times. Now, when I first watched this, I, I didn't pay any attention to it. And the first time, to my mind, when I heard this is Gallifrey, is in the next episode when the Doctor starts describing um, Gallifrey to Jack and Martha. Yeah. So to, to hear again, that actually, even now, it's still surprising me this story. Uh, and I've got another thing as well. One thing that still it still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up is when Martha sees the fob watch. And it's it, when she turns it over and sees the Gallifrey symbols on it, and it's a, it's the it's the shock, and it still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it, you wonder how much at what point they realised they could do that because we went obviously when we were talking about human nature, and that yeah. came from a book. Was there was it a fob watching the book? I can't remember now whether we discussed that and whether we it was or not. Uh... That he used to become human. In the, what in who, human nature? Well, he did use the, yeah, he did use a fob. I don't know about what you mean. The book that he 
the book that 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 story was was oh, taken the, the, from uh, the Journal of Impossible Things, whatever it was. No, well, yeah. Oh no, book. sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm with you. Um, I mean the uh, the Paul Cornell book. Yes, I don't know. I have never read it. So I don't never know whether it. a that was. Cool, that took a long time to get to that, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. Sorry, I, I, I'm not explaining myself very well at the moment. Um, and I just wonder whether the watch was in the book and thus. Was that something then that Russell T. Davis thought, oh, I could use that later on as well? Or was it something that was then put into human nature that Ooh, wasn't I, in the book? I just so don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look, look that up in our, in our gap week, actually. Yes. Just to, just to prove, uh, prove the point or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I say... It I think... sound like we're going to Peru or somewhere. It does, actually. <laughs> we're going to have to find ourselves. <laughs> No, I honestly did think that, that that's you know it still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, and I I think really that I mean I think I've heard sort of sort of other reviews of this saying it's it's an average episode saved right at the end because of you know, because of the cliffhanger, and I think before we get to the cliffhanger, I think the I think the one thing that really does hold this together more than anything else is Derek Jacobi. Yeah, definitely. I mean. There is a question in that. But actually, going back, I don't think so. I don't think this is. I mean, I even like you've even got stuff with Martha in this where she's learning about the Doctor that she doesn't know when she finds the hand in the glass, and mm. it's like you could grow a hand back. Yeah, and you know you can see this is really is now dawning on her that this this is not a normal, but this is not a human being. This is well, she also learned about, well, she also learned about regeneration as well. Yeah. She hadn't sort of come across that aspect of the Doctor either, but and and the fact that he could just leave Jack behind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he sort of like says, "This is what you do to all everyone that travels with you." Yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, I think you know we're, we're reaching sort of towards the end now. We're, we're sort of like we're gonna. I think when we get to the last episode, we're gonna sort of discuss Martha and yeah. um, Freeman Adjuman in a bit more bit more detail. I think, but yeah, um, yeah I thought she it was is. she was great in this. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. I really do. Again, there, there wasn't any. I don't think there was any weak links in this. No, so. not at all. Uh, but I do think that Derek Jacobi was, well, he, he's just a cut above, isn't he? Yeah, really. I mean, you, you do now watch this and think, no, don't regenerate, please. I, yeah, don't. I know. It, I think that is my my one criticism of this is that he couldn't have remained the master a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> he just wanted to go back and wanted to actually him to go back and make sure his assistant was dead. <laughs> yeah, execute her properly so she can't shoot you. <laughs> I mean, of course, this isn't the first time he's played the master because he played him in uh, Scream of the Shalker. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but obviously, you know, that was in a, you know, animated form. So, but I mean, in this though, it just the way, the subtle way he turned from that. Just by the sort of like using his eyes, he turned from a kindly yeah. old man into a murderer. Yeah. Just by using his eyes when he turned around and faced the camera after he opened the fog watch, and as I'm, I'm beginning to sound a bit like, um, was it James Lipton on on um, inside the actor's studio? But I thought, so that was an acting masterclass. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's how you how you can do something. He went completely, didn't he, from the the friendly befuddled professor. Yeah. To something evil, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely... without any makeup or anything. No, nothing at all. And I, I, I think that's the thing because I'm not a fan of John Sims Master at all. No. And 
Even and I'm that... not blaming John Sim. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming John Sim. And I think I've had this conversation um, with, with other sort of um, people before, but the people of or actors who have played the master um, are actually very, very good actors. But it, I think it's the producers are at fault because they've asked them to play them that way. Yes. I mean, uh, Anthony Ainley, that wasn't how he wanted to play the master. That that was John Nathan Turner saying, no, I want you to play it like a pantomime villain. Yeah. And it's the same with this version of the master with John Sim, because John Sim, again, is a very, very good actor. But it's Russell T. Davis wanting him to play it in that way. And to, I mean, to me, I think it would have been better to have seen a more restrained master, as in Derek Jacobi's master, going up against the Tenth Doctor. Yeah. I mean, we'll we're, we're probably talk about this more when we get on to the next two mm. parts of this sometime in, in the next f- three months or so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, the, and I think it's just so utterly fantastic. And the whole thing when he's he's, sort of, he's listening to all the, the, the stuff that's sort of jogging his memory, like Jack talking about regeneration and Martha talking about the TARDIS and, and yeah. stuff like that. And it's just the realisation on his face, he, he just sort of begins crying. So he, he looks completely lost, doesn't he? And then he sort of brings out the fob watch. Um, and it's just that whole, that, that, that is this, and the music as well. I think Murray Gold's music is fantastic in this. It's really sort of like heart pounding. And it's sort of, and, and in conjunction with Graham Harper's uh, direction, it really does sort of make it sort of urgent. Yeah, doesn't it? It's 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 just absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, I I just cannot really find a bad word to say about this story at all. I really cannot. No. I really no, cannot. I mean, it's how you can do a good story that how you can do a good episode. Yeah, that has a lot of explanation in it. I mean, going back to when you watched this when this was broadcast, did you know anything about that? Um, Jacoby was going to be the master. Um, I think by the time we got to it, we did, didn't we? Yeah, it was pretty much. I know it was sort of um, way before we started podcasting. Yeah. A good few years before we started podcasting, to be exact. And I don't think I was probably keeping such a close tab on Doctor Who news as as we sort of do now. But I think for me, it was also ruined for me at the time. Because I think, or was it on, um, of all things, Soccer AM? Right. It, it was ruined. Now, for those of you who don't know outside the UK, Soccer AM is um, a, a weekly, or say weekly, it's during the football season in the UK. It's a Saturday morning football show on Sky Sports. And they had the cast of, oh, I'm trying to think at the time whether it was Life or Miles or Ashes to Ashes. But basically they sort of like said, oh, was John Sim going to come back in it? And so, oh, no, no, he's, he, one of them, I think it was actually Marshall Lancaster, who ended up in uh, the Rebel Flesh later on in Matt, uh, in, uh, Matt Smith's um, era, he, sa- he said, oh, no, he's, he's off playing the master in Doctor Who. And they're, and they're sort of like, oh, shush, shush, you can't talk about it. So he lets slip about John Sim yeah. being the master. And, and I think after that, I thought people were just putting, putting two and two together that they must have seen IMDb or something that you know Derek Jacobi and John Sim were in the same episode. I think they just put two and two together and thought, oh, it must be regeneration. Yeah. So, um, but actually, one thing I must say is the what Yana actually stands for. Yeah, I mean, once it starts, it actually is then spelt out for you, isn't it? it literally, <laughs> literally spelt out for you. And I must admit, at the time, I didn't see that coming. No. And I actually, you know what? I don't care what anyone else says. I still think it works. Yeah. I still think it's a really, really clever 
clever thing to do. To reference something, what, back from the second episode? Yeah. That most people probably might have probably you know, sort of forgotten about. And they, and he, and they dropped that in. I, th- I think that was, that was you know, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I still do. I still do. And the way it's sort of, it's, it's, but again, it's done urgently as well. Yeah, with the with you got the Y bang U A bang, and it's it's the it's the sound effects and and it, it's brilliant. It's uh, uh, again, I think this I think this week we are going to go out on a high, aren't we? So. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is yeah, it is it is it's a well written episode. There's no doubt about that. No, and for this sort of thing, I mean, it just was the sort of episode where. You almost you feel it actually was well written because you knew Russell T Davies had already was was already going with his overblownness with the next. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Which is usually his failing. Once he starts, he gets somewhere that's really good, and then just goes off on one, doesn't he? He does. And you feel this was actually because this episode was part of three. Yeah. He hadn't quite gone off on it yet. No, not no. <laughs> no, the um, it's a shame. About so it was what, the best of his writing without the with, with that, Yeah, ex- good, well put, well put. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I do think it's probably the best cliffhanger uh, Doctor Who's had since it came back. I really do. The Master yeah. stills uh, the Doctor's TARDIS and they're basically trying to save themselves by being eaten alive by a, a, a load of cannibals, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I think I'd like to leave it there. I think we should. Yes, I think we should because yeah, I, I really don't want to. It's one of those stories I don't want to pick it apart. No, because I just enjoy it so much. I really just enjoy this story so so much, and and I think even all these years later, it still works as a story. It still it still excites me. It's, as I said, it still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because basically, it's all the hair I have got left now on the back of my neck. I was, uh, oh, yeah. I only said that earlier, and I thought oh, <laughs> people won't have seen you. Though. <laughs> I'm not totally bald, I have you know, but <laughs> they think you've got this bouffant hairstyle, <laughs> luxuriant red hair. It's, it's not the case at all. Maybe about twenty years ago, but <laughs> getting back to earlier, perhaps when they get round to doing the third Doctor, Mister Potato Head, you think you can get various sizes of hair to put on it. <laughs> So it ends up completely bald. It's been peeled. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, okay. I think that's that's a good point to to leave it there right. at my, at my yes. baldness. So, <laughs> so that's that. So, um, as we said at the end of the show, we're going to be sort of having a break next week as, yes. we, as we as we've reached the end of our three weekly cycle. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, I think what we. What I probably will do in in these sort of like the, the downtime weeks is is re-release in the wilderness. In the wilderness, the wilderness weeks. Um, yeah, we're we're going to re-release some of our older episodes. That haven't haven't made it onto the new website yet. Yeah. So for our new listeners who haven't been with us since the beginning, uh, you can sort of catch up on some of the older stuff um, as we go. Because I'm releasing it sort of backwards order, and I think as we go backwards, they get worse. <laughs> So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? That's <laughs> probably a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when we do come back week after next, uh, we have a commentary for you. We hope. We hope we have, we, we, we got it scheduled. So I hope we're going to actually sort of get together and do it. Um, so it won't be the first time that we've had it scheduled. No, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's the reason we're doing this now. But. <laughs> 
titties. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So that's what's going to happen week after next. Uh, which of course it's, it'll be uh, the three of us back together again. Tony will be uh, making a return, and well, we've picked a Trouton story because uh, yes. we haven't done one for a long, long time, have we? No, uh, not since the invasion, I think. It may well be yes, and that was back in two thousand and twelve, I think. Yes, yes, bloody hell, crikey! So um, this time we, we've picked the absolute fan favourite and classic, the Crotons. <laughs> We thought we'd come back for bang. Yeah, we did. Uh, so um, then we thought better of it and picked the Crotons. So, yes. so uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to be uh, doing week after next. And uh, I think as we usually tend to do it, it'll be split over two episodes as well. Uh, so we'll, you'll have, uh, so week after that's be episodes one and two, and the week after that, episodes three and four of the Crotons. So that's that then. So for another week, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.